At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is Finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Yes, it is the Lombardi Line, but I must say, GM Shuffle drops on Monday and Thursdays, and there's some nefarious stuff going on behind the scenes. So you may want to go give it a download because I'm worried about one person in particular as we welcome you in. Of course, Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. Hope you had a nice weekend. Excited to be here. Week 14 concludes tonight, a disastrous season for Arizona. New England's still in the mix. They're laying two, two and a half right now. Uh, Lombardi is seeing the board right now. We're going to go over his picks from yesterday. He is dialed in. The return of Step Into My Office, it was shut down for the last year for unknown reasons, but it makes its triumphant return. M. Lombardi, NFL, what's up, dude? Well, we're doing good, Patrick. Congratulations to your Lions. Another impressive <laughs> win. They're on a roll. Who knew? I mean, who knew that, that they could uh, meaningful games feels in weird. December? It feels yeah. weird. It, it does feels, feel weird. But they gotta, now they got weird. the big – you know, one thing when you're in the league, the, every time you win a game, the next game's more important, especially when you're winning games in November, December. And so the next game's always more important. So now they got the Jets. they got to go back to New York and go see if they can – do the Sinatra Open. They've won one New York game. Now they got to win another New York game. So, you know, we'll see. But that was a fun game for them to watch. They kind of gave Minnesota their own medicine, right? I mean, they were fortunate. Cook fumbles. They were able to make some plays in that game. But it was a great – I thought it was a fun day. Uh, I mean, the 4 o'clock window games I didn't think were great, obviously. The, the Chief game became interesting. But the Carolina-Seattle game was fun to watch. Oh, I bet it was for the Lombardis, of course. And – 
you and I were discussing a little bit off the air. I'll keep this and you don't have to comment, but you can't get rid of Wilkes now. There's an identity with that team. Uh, they've completely re-energized. The offensive front is playing great. Foreman is running the football. They're doing it without a quarterback. No disrespect. I think Wilkes continues down in Charlotte. Uh, you mentioned the Lions. We'll get to them. There's plenty to do. I talked about Lombardi seeing the board. I think as far as leans and official plays, he only missed one. One game. His numbers are starting to tighten as the season progresses. But we must start, Michael, with last night. Uh, the idea that there's a conversation, Tua or Justin Herbert, is kind of embarrassing for those that are indulging themselves in the conversation. You saw one that is beneficial as far as a scheme, and then you saw one quarterback that is a Hall of Famer if he stays healthy. That's that's the difference. I, I, I mean, I said on Mitch and Pauly today, like I, if I were the president of Pearl Vision Center, I would get Herbert out there and say, anybody who thinks Tua is better than me, Pearl Vision Center is offering a 35% discount on all our exams because you need to go get your eyes checked. You need to go get your eyes checked. I mean, yeah. it was right there. It was clear. Look. Tua's had a nice season. He's throwing to a lot of wide open guys. He's limited. We know this. There's no, there's no way you could go to a workout and say, oh, boy, Tua's better than Herbert. There's just no way you could do it. If, if you know anything about football, arm strength, athleticism, anticipation, instincts, all those things. He was great last night, you know, and he threw the ball 50-some times, and he, still, and he was playing from in front. Think about that. He was playing from in front and still had to throw it 50 times. But they're a different team when Mike Williams is there. Mike Williams gives him that big playability down the field, and he scares you, and you can't single cover him. You know, and and he's so accurate with the football. So, you know, it was an incredible, incredible win. Tua wasn't on his game. He hasn't been on his game in two weeks now. Now he's got to go back Saturday night, get the fireplace ready, put logs on it. We've got a snow game in Buffalo with wind. We'll see how he does. So What's that? I didn't even look at that line. I forgot to look at that line. What is that line for next week? Next week? I'll pull that up. I'll just quickly tell you that Miami ended up closing three. Of course, that was... Seven and a half. Yeah, that was uh, the wrong side. Did you grab the number? It's 23 tw- seven and a half for the Chargers. Seven and a okay, half. The Jets half were at nine and a half and went to ten. This is seven and a half. That's kind of interesting. Now, Buffalo didn't play well yesterday, and neither did the Jets' defense played well. Buffalo didn't play well at all. But they they beat the heck out of poor Mike White. I hope he's going to be okay because on my board today, the Jets don't have a starting quarterback. It's funny with White, and I I don't want to get off track here, but that kid's tough because it looked like he broke some ribs and and gutted it out. He went to the hospital after the game. Let's go back to the Dolphins. I, I don't know if you want to call the offense officially broken, but for the second straight week, the Dolphins couldn't move the ball in offense. And they got beat soundly. This wasn't like the score is not indicative as far as the rhythm of that game coming down from San Francisco where they got blown out and Tua was very bad. I mean, there's something to this, right? This is it's it's kind of that late season swoon the other way for the Dolphins. Though the only reason the game's close is because the Chargers are two for six in the red zone and one for three with goal to go situations. You know, so and Miami never got into the red zone. Miami only had the ball for 20 minutes. 20 minutes, 22 seconds, that's all they had the ball. So, you know, they were horrible on third down, part of their own problem. So they, the game was a lot closer by score than it really was on the field. But I think the Chargers did a great job of packing the middle of the field. And Mike McDaniel, for all the conversation of about him being this run game guru, he decided against one of the worst run defenses in football to not run the ball, and it was a close game the entire game. He only they only had 19 carries in the game, you know, and Tua had 28 passes. He only completed 10 of them, 18 incomplete passes. 
I mean, that's that's not what you need to do. And, you know, Hill picks up the fumble, the, gets it in the end zone. That's an unbelievable play. And then he makes a great play on the man-to-man coverage on Mike Davis on the outside. But, look, uh, the Chargers did a great job of packing the middle of the field and then taking advantage of all the blitz and the man-to-man coverage that the, char- that the Dolphins were trying to run. The Dolphins can't cover a man-to-man, and it showed up. This is why the Chargers are a tough team for the Chiefs, because the Chiefs want to play man-to-man against them, and they don't match up to them. Let's simplify this. Tua completed just 35% of his passes. The one touchdown, two touchdowns from Hill. One was lucky. I mean, the guy's brilliant. Hill's brilliant. Did you see how fast he was when he got to the edge on that? Like, the defenders had the angle on him. He he is a marvel. And, And then opposite side there, Michael, you mentioned it. Herbert finally had his two best receiving weapons and Allen and Williams back. And that com- that completely changed how Lombardi was calling plays. It completely changed the comfort level of Justin Herbert. He's been playing at a disadvantage all year. He really has. And when he doesn't have Williams, and you know Keenan Allen averaged what seven and a half yards a catch in the game. But what Williams gives him is that ability to stretch the field. I, I still think you know they didn't run the ball enough, and they didn't run the ball enough. Especially they had twenty three carries in the game. When they should have run the ball with the lead, they should have been able. He throws it 51 times, Patrick. They put the burden of responsibility on his shoulders for 51 times, and he was dynamic. I mean, he was just dynamic. He's their best player. But Williams, 19.3 yards a catch. This is the six catches, 116, and a touchdown. This is, to me, he is the, the – when they re-signed him, it was smart. Because he was, for Keenan Allen's good, but he converts their downs. Mike Williams makes explosive plays, and Miami did not have an answer for him at all. And Miami, as much as they tried to pressure, you know, behind a bad line with backups in their offensive line, Herbert, eyes never flinched. He looked down the field. He made every single throw. I mean, it was was actually Brendan Staley's best defensive game plan. I mean, they were able to pack the middle of the field. They made two a move around. They made him uncomfortable, and then they made him inaccurate. Gave up just 219 yards to the Dolphins. Listen, a loss by the Chargers would have been devastating for their playoff chances, so they stay alive there. You mentioned 39 of 51 for Herbert, 367. Just unbelievable, and a combined 18 catches for uh, Allen and Williams, 208 yards. When those two are on the outside, and you get Eckler not just in the run game, but in the pass game interested as well, they can be dangerous. The issue with the they Chargers really is going to be the defense, which has names on paper. They just don't generally overperform or even perform the standard. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And, you know, you can attack them. And, and I thought McDaniels, you could you got to run the ball on the Chargers. you got to be able to slow wear them down. I mean, the Raiders did it last week. Every team that plays them, you got to do Not that they're not – they're not a great coverage team either. I mean, they didn't have they didn't have the Bryce Callahan kid. They didn't have they didn't have they didn't have Derwin James in the back end. So they're missing some pieces. But I thought they did a nice job of pressuring Tua. He made him hold the ball. The ball didn't come out as quick as it usually does. And then it, when it did come out, it it hung in the air. Patrick, I mean, guys were breaking on the ball and breaking up passes. Everybody was looking for a pass interference call, but there wasn't one to be had. Yeah, I mean, look, it's kind of a Silly conversation. You can see it with your eyes. Tua is a remarkably accurate passer, so that's his strength. He, he seems to have a, a good personality. Yeah. That's also a strength. But other than that, I mean, those balls, sometimes yeah. those are YOLO balls that he's throwing up because he just doesn't have the arm strength. I mean, look, I, I don't mean to be d- down on Tua. I think, to me, the, the perception of Tua far exceeds the player. You know, and we saw it last night. I mean, I didn't have the sound on, but what Bill Berman and I saw it together at the same time, when all of them picked Miami across the board, 
you know, and then somebody said that, that, that Tua's never had a bad game. I mean, are, did they watch New England? Did they watch Pittsburgh? Did they watch the Buffalo? Like, it, this runaway train, because Pro Football Focus has got him as the number one quarterback, it's just an NBC's Pro Football Focus promoter, like, the people are buying into it. I mean, the guy's the leading vote-getter in the Pro Bowl. Like, he's not the best quarterback in the league. I think they're put so much pressure on the kid that, that, that he gets attacked because of the perception. He's a good player. Is he the fifth best quarterback? In the, is he a fifth pick in the draft? No, it should have been Herbert. Herbert's better, that's no doubt. Can they function with him? Yeah, but when they go to bad weather, it's not going to work out. I mean, let's let's put realistic. I'm not saying he's not an NFL quarterback. There's just limitations around this game. And as better and a betting network, we got to be smart about it. that. Line's at seven and a half. I, I think that thing's going to go to eight, especially as we learn that it's going to be snowy and windy up there. How's he throwing the ball? You don't yep. think McDermott's going to pack the middle of the field against them? No, you, you, you said it. I mean, betters have to be objective, and that's all we're being about, Tua. Right now, remember, three Saturday games, Miami at Buffalo in the late I can't window. wait. Love it. I, I mean, it's, it's literally the best. Uh, Miami-Buffalo late window. You mentioned it's going to be cold. Seven and a half is the number right now. I'm looking at the juice just to see. Yeah, we're sitting seven and a half. Buffalo laying it with Miami and Tua in town. Be interesting if that wind is swirling up in Buffalo to see oh, how it's gonna be swirling. Those, those balls cut cut the wind. It's gonna be swirling. How do you think Santa's gonna get down here from the North Pole? He needs those swirling winds. <laughs> hey, shout to Santa on a December twelfth. Happy holidays. When we come back, a Christmas present early for San Francisco. Have they found a starter? The rookie went off against the Bucks. We're back with Purdy and Lombardi next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so 
there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, the Lombardi Line brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com or download the reconfigured app. Remember, if you're in Vegas, bring your state-issued ID to any MGM property. When you do, you're ready to bet within minutes. You've got to be 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Okay, Michael Lombardi there in Ocean City, New Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher. This is the Lombardi Line. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We've got Thomas Gable coming up in 14 minutes. Of course, Mike Pritchard joins us every Monday. Got plenty to do. It's always busy uh, here on the Lombardi Line on a Monday after a big Sunday. So, I thought we transition over to, I guess the number was right. You know, there were some questions. How about Brady being a dog to a rookie quarterback? Well, I mean, this was just, this was a oh boat boy. race. It was, it was from the start, you could tell this wasn't going to be close. We'll focus on the game, then we'll transition to Purdy. So again, this number closed yesterday. I think it was three and a half. Let me just make sure I get the books. Yeah, this number closed pretty much everywhere. Three and a half, a 35-7 winner. One thing coming out of this, Debo Samuel, my assumption when I saw the injury was he tore up his knee. The good news is he could be back in four to six weeks. It looks like a high ankle sprain. That's great news yeah. for Debo. It is, but you know, it's but they have a lot of we've said this on the show, right? They have a lot of guys that are very good yards after the catch. And all it's gonna take is to get the ball in their hands and let them do the work. And they did. And they did it yesterday, and then this defense just takes over. Said before the game, there's no way Brady can throw it 50 times against this defense and for the Bucks to have a chance, and that's what happened. He had to throw it over 50 times. They had no chance. And, you know, they had 11 drives in the game. They had three punts, missed field goal, two interceptions. They turned the ball over on downs. They averaged 4.4 yards per play. I mean, they're four for 16 on third down. I mean, it, it just doesn't get any worse than this for Brady. It, it just it keeps stacking up. You know, j- other than the last five minutes of the Saint game, there this has been a tough stretch for this Buck team in a lot of areas. And last year you couldn't run the ball in the Bucks. This year you can. 
Absolutely. You talked about Brady. You talked about the Bucks. Let's hear from Tom Brady after the game. Yeah, it's. I think you know nothing really. Last week doesn't affect today. Today won't affect next week. Next week will be its own individual uh, outcome and performance, and it will be based on what we do this week as we prepare for it, and then ultimately for the three hours that we play. So, you know, look, that's with NFL. You play a really tough game. You play a tough team on the road. They're physical. They're tough. They kicked our. It's the reality of this sport, and every time you take the field, you have the opportunity to get your ass kicked or to kick ass. And obviously, we're on the wrong end of it today. But you got to put the work in, and you got to, you know, dig deep and keep fighting. Yeah, yeah. Ass mm. was kicked, and listen, you're going to be, you got to pack a big lunch if you're going to play against this 49ers front uh, in the trenches. But you know, the Bucks are banged up. You can't make excuses though, because that was much more than just getting dominated up front. No, but I think it's the great tale of this game is when you when you watch the game is the the 49ers got no sacks in the game. They got no sacks in the game. Yep. But the the pressure of their front and the hurries and you got to get the ball out quick and the speed of their defense is overwhelming. And that's really what's the story of the game. It's everybody focuses on sacks. Sacks are a reflection of somebody blows a, a protection, you know, somebody, you know, that doesn't get open. But when the ball's coming out quick and they're not making yards and they're not getting completions, it's because the front's controlling the game. And that's what the Niners do really well. And they did it to Brady, who you knew he was going to get rid of the ball quick. The problem is, they made two plays over 20 yards. They had a 20-yarder and a 32-yarder. The 32-yarder came in the second quarter. The 20-yarder came in the fourth quarter. You can't hold the ball against this 49er defense and get open, and they're so fast to rally to the ball. They're so fast. Bucks blown out, gave up 35 points to a rookie, so not great. Uh, no consistency on offense. No separation from the wide receivers. It's you know, it's an, it's an offense as well that really just have, hasn't found a rhythm all year. No, and they have no creativity in the run game. I mean, this is what happens a lot of times to NFL coaches and college coaches is they, they all want to draw pass, pass plays. Let's do this. Nobody spends time on the run game. And you got to spend time on the run game to run the football. Every week, as Brady indicated, is a different week. How are we going to run the ball against this team? You, you had to know going in the game, you've got to find a way to run the ball. We cannot put the ball in Brady's hands 55 times and Mm-mm. think we're going to win the game because there's too many chances for mistakes with this front. They're too good. You got to try. I'm not saying you got to get 20 yards of carry, but you got to get the. You got to have some pace to it. And then when you get behind 28 to nothing, like we saw here or we saw in the Giants game when they're behind 24 to seven, all of a sudden now you have to become one dimensional by the score, and that takes away the run game. You know, again, so now we'll transition to Purdy. One thing about the NFC South, it's wide open. We're going to transition to the Panthers, who are very much in the mix to win that division. We'll discuss the NFC South coming up in just a little bit. Uh, But we transition. Purdy, you know, Shanahan's a brilliant play caller. We know this. That defense is tremendous. McCaffrey, the addition of McCaffrey, you were right. I was wrong. He just, he makes the defense have to prepare so much differently. And when you yeah. add all those weapons, it's like even if McCaffrey's not getting numbers, which he was, he's still going to have an impact on the game. And he's so multidimensional, right? There's so many things he can do. You don't know where he is, and Kyle does such a great job. But to me, for all those people that were defending Trey Lance, oh, you know, he's a young player. He just needs time. Well, Purdy's a young player. He's a rookie. Did he need time yesterday? No. I mean, Purdy understands how to play quarterback. 
He knows how to get the ball to the receivers and get it with a chance for them to do something. And he didn't do anything spectacular yesterday. He just did what the offense allowed him to do. And meanwhile, Lance can't really do that or hasn't shown that ability to do it. And everybody wants to make an excuse because he's a young player. Well, where, how about Purdy? Isn't he a young player? Uh, the last time I checked, a rookie is young. So I think you're honest. Yeah, I mean, so. Hey, this is the no- not to be disrespectful to if you're just comparing and you watch the tape and you're an alien and you say, hey, here's Kenny Pickett. He's a first rounder. And here's Purdy. He was the last last draft pick. Maybe Pickett stands out just a little bit more. But there's not a grave difference between the two. There's a fine line between the two when you watch them. No, I mean, it is. And the guy starts 46 games in college. Look, he, I thought he Huge. moved well in the pocket. I thought he had really good sense of the of the offense. He was very comfortable. You know, and and Kyle did a great job of giving him easy throws. I mean, the throw he makes to Ayuk, I wasn't sure that was a touchdown, but that's a hell of a throw. Great throw. You know, no, the one to McCaffrey, I'm sorry, the one to McCaffrey, I wasn't sure that was a touchdown. He had a great throw to Ayuk on an out as well. And Ayuk all of a sudden, remember, after a slow start to his career, I don't know if there's been an attitude shift but he seems completely engaged, and he can be a difference maker too. Now, I mean, they just—he's good with the ball loaded. in his hands too. He's really yep. good with the ball in his hands too. He makes a difference. I mean, so you—you you know, when you're a when you're a quarterback on a team with this kind of offense, you don't have to be the point guard. You know, you just got to deliver the ball. Whereas Herbert, he has to make a lot more tougher throws. I mean, he made a third down throw over to Keenan Allen by their bench, and they both pointed at each other like, "Wow, that was one hell of a throw." And 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 Allen made a great catch, like. They're not asking Purdy to make those throws that this guy make that that Herbert has to make. Herbert's the degree of difficulty in Herbert's play is way higher than what Purdy has to do. The question I would say is, could you imagine if Herbert played for the Miami Dolphins with that skill players? What would that look like? Herbert Herbert's not the same animal as what we're talking about. Purdy has guile, has enough arm strength, and he's not very big. Herbert looks like he came out of a lab, does everything right as a quarterback. I, again, he's he was marvelous last night. You know, the interesting part about this, we were just talking about the NFC South, and San Francisco now beats up on the Bucks, and they go take on Seattle on Thursday. Remember, coming up in yeah. just three days, it's San Francisco at Seattle. What do you have the number at? Don't look if you haven't. I'd like to see your uh, guess I, You know, on this like, one. let me see. It, based on my Seattle number, I would say San Francisco's got to be a four-and-a-half-point favorite up there. Four, open four. Some shops are at three and a half, but you're right there. Four, and look, it's it's not a good matchup for for Seattle. I mean, Seattle yesterday faced Carolina, who really didn't make it explode. The longest play Seattle Carolina had yesterday was a 24 yard scamper by Sam Darnold on a pass play. Right, they didn't have a big. They they weren't explosive offensively, but they were able to control the game with their running game. And the longer the game went in that fourth quarter, they were able to take the game over. And that doesn't spell well for if you're a, a, a Seattle fan going against San Francisco this week because that San Francisco can run the football. I mean, Purdy may not have to throw it very much. And remember the last time they played, I mean, it was a domination by San Francisco. And we just felt like that was week two of the season, and we felt like, well, you know, Geno Smith had a nice first game, but – you know, this is Gino. No, no. I mean, Gino went on to has played really well, but they dominated them in that game. They dominated those young uh, tackles. Yesterday, I mean, Seattle did a great job of protecting 
but when they got but when they blitzed, it became a problem, and and they turned the ball over twice on interceptions. So Carolina's three and a half, four point dogs, and they won thirty to twenty four outright. We don't have time to get into it right now. I'll say this: the score isn't indicative. I thought Carolina was in control of that football game from start to finish, soup to nuts. Yeah. It felt like Carolina kind of controlled the rhythm of that game. It's a very impressive job by Wilkes, I have to say, and that coaching staff and the players, because they went to Seattle not easy. It was the first dud by Geno if we're being fair to Geno this year. And yep. we'll continue to discuss that coming up in Seattle's playoff chances as well. Next on the Lombardi line, Thomas Gable from Behind the Book. You're listening to the Lombardi line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, v is the gift that keeps on giving. You could become a v pro for only $79 right now. Wow. Get access to everything we do from now through the big dance. It's been extended. Sign up today and you also receive $20 to buy VEASAN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear at our online store. It's a great holiday deal. Only VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests. Tools like betting splits involved, excuse me, included in the pro package. Deep dive betting reports plus our Ongoing college bowl coverage with best bets on every bowl game. It's important. Also, you get the Thomas Gable picks. You get Michael Lombardi's exclusive articles. It's all there. It's limited. 79 bucks. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Happy holidays from all of us. Michael Lombardi there. I'm Patrick Maher here. We bring in our partner, Thomas Gable, from behind the book there at the Borgata. A busy, busy time of the year for somebody that runs a sports book. So we appreciate the time, TG. How'd we do on a college, excuse me, on an NFL Sunday there at the book? Uh, really good. It was a, a very busy day, a lot of write, uh, which is it's nice to say that because typically, at least in this market, uh, is really between now and and Christmas, where it's the slow period for the casino. And uh, but it was really busy yesterday. I cer- I definitely think the fact that the Eagles were playing the Giants brought a lot of people in uh, for that one o'clock slate. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we just, uh, it was a good day overall. Um, you know, we held, I think really it was the, the last game, the the night game, the Dolphins chargers, um, kind of made a, a great day into a decent day. <laughs> we lost quite a bit on that game, but, uh, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it overall. You were getting a lot of action on the chargers TG in that game. Really? We were. Yes. Yeah, we were. Um, so it, it was, you know, pretty evenly bet throughout the day, and I, everybody seemed to just take the Chargers then after the late slate ended. So uh, it was a six-figure decision for us in that game where we needed uh, we needed a better effort from Tua and, uh, and the gang from Miami. But, uh, I mean, listen, the Chargers team, you can tell the difference there when you have Keenan Allen and Williams on the field for Herbert to throw to. You can just see the, the difference in that offense. No doubt. Makes all the difference in the world. Okay, we'll go back to yesterday, but let, just want to set up tonight. New England at Arizona. Interesting. Where'd you open on this number, and where are you sitting right now, Thomas, on Monday night? So we actually opened New England only laying a point, and it's now up to two and a half. And uh, the total has uh, emerged back to its original number. 43 and a half is where we opened the total. Got as high as 45. Uh, now it's back to 43 and a half. Uh, but I mean, the Patriots, they, they are taking some money here 
And, I mean, listen, when you look at the defense here for the Patriots, you figure that uh, Murray should have a, a rather tough time, I think, tonight. I mean, if the New England can keep him in the pocket, um, I, I think it's going to be uh, – they're going to be well-served. And I, I certainly would expect uh, Belichick to um, make sure that happens. But uh, if he gets out of the pocket, obviously that's where uh, Murray's going to – can create some problems for you. But – um, the New England offense, we know Mac Jones, he wants to throw the ball. So we'll see, see how that goes. But the door's cracked open here for New England. I think to now with the Jets uh, losing, uh, Miami's lost two in a row. Miami has another tough game coming up uh, against Buffalo. So the, the door is open there, I think, for New England to sneak through and, and try to get into the playoffs. Can't really say no the doubt. same thing for Arizona, though. No, no doubt. And New England actually plays better on the road than they have at home. And so this will be a big game for them. But you're right, TG. they got to keep him in the pocket. they got to make him play quarterback and see if he can throw. Take away Hopkins and say, okay, where are we throwing the football? And then they've got to be able to find a way to do something offensively you know, with them. And, and if they can run the football on Arizona, which a lot of teams have been able to do, you know, now last week the Chargers couldn't run the ball on them, but uh, the Chargers, you know, were able to to throw it effectively, but you got to be able to run it. San Francisco ran for a buck fifty nine on them, and you got to throw it. I mean, you can't not go in there and think you're not going to run it. Yeah, I mean, and they, and the one thing I, New England has got to do better, whether it's tonight and and moving forward, they have to be able to convert better in the red zone when they get there. They no just they have not been a good red zone team. You know, um, Michael and I were racing to text after that Cleveland Cincinnati game to call out the steam on the Browns. So let's discuss. There <laughs> <laughs> wasn't yeah. 23-10. Cincinnati kind of toyed with them. Could have been worse. Mm-hmm. It was a 13-point win. Five and a half when we woke up yesterday. Ends up closing four. Did you have imbalanced mm-hmm. action on Browns-Bengals? Yeah, well, like I said, we, we took um, we, we took a bigger bet there from someone we respect that we know is uh, tied into some good, uh, good NFL uh, originators and um, that was uh, at five and a half, so we moved off of that, and pretty much around the same time, you could see uh, it's certainly seen there's other groups hitting other books, uh, which drove that number down, and uh, we ended up uh, in, with a very good result in that game, obviously. Um, and and people kind of the funny thing is when you when you see line movement like that, there's always followers too. So uh, people were kind of following that and thinking something was going on there, so they said, all right, well, I'll take the Browns uh, plus four. And um, uh, I think some shops actually got as low as three and a half. We never hit three and a half, but uh, we stayed at four. And four was kind of the resistance point because I kind of used that that one better. And he he didn't want it at four. So we, we realized, okay, that's kind of where the good – a good numbers at for that game and came through. Uh, we did good on that. The Eagles Giants game, uh, obviously one of the most heavily bet games of the day for us between both fan bases being here. And I was actually surprised that the Giants, uh, we, we took as much Giants money as we did. We lost a little bit on the game, but uh, I thought we'd be a little bit more imbalanced. I mean, the Giants, let's face it, they've only won one game since Halloween, and that was against the Texans. <laughs> And uh, this is a team that I, you know, I don't think was ever really as good as their record indicated. Uh, and it's finally starting to catch up to them. And yes, I know that they have some injuries there, but the Eagles again showed 
you know, they're kind of the class of the NFC along with uh, San Fran at this point uh, and just kind of toyed with them. But um, this Eagles team is just, again, showing how complete that they really are. Um, so that was, uh, again, small loss on that game. Uh, the the Jags and Titans, another small loser uh, with that. Um, but the uh, the good, really, some some good results for us were the um, the Bills being able, or I'm sorry, uh, not being able to uh, cover there against the Jets, and um, the the Ravens Steelers was a good result as well for us in that early sleep. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought for sure, you know, the Jets. It, that looked like it wasn't going to cover, and, and you know they they kicked that field goal to make it the to really help the belt out. I mean, because they didn't get the onside kick, so that that's kind of right. one of those where and Buffalo just never really could get into a rhythm. And you just when you thought that they were going to, they didn't. And the Jets defense, I think you know they were great on third down. They played well in the red zone. Uh, I mean, they gave Buffalo all they could handle. They just couldn't make the play, and, and I think the Carter fumble just really broke their back. Yeah, and uh, so that, and then just to touch on Raven Steelers real fast, I, a lot of lot of Steelers money here yesterday as well. So uh, obviously the Ravens um, were able to win that game outright as two point dogs. So that that came out pretty well for us. And then of course Patrick, your Lions uh, you. winning there and, uh, and and looking very good at the moment here. <laughs> and but again, that that was probably another one that we lost a little bit on. Yeah, we've got a great clip from Dan Campbell coming up later in the show. My man is biting knees, drinking caffeine, and posting W's. That's what we do. One, one pride, Honolulu blue and silver. Okay, TG, uh, do you think you're going to need a, um, a result tonight, whether it be side or total? Well, right now we're going to need the Cardinals, it uh, looks like, but uh, we'll, we'll see Um as we go through the day, I mean, the the bigger action, I'm sure, will be coming in the next few hours and as we get towards towards kickoff tonight. But at least the early indication is we're going to need Arizona. Okay. The Oh, wanted to ask you quickly, because uh, 17 and a half was the biggest number, longest number on the board. Uh, yes. Dallas was lucky to win that game, which would have been fascinating. Yes, they were. Uh, where were the betters at the Borgata in the mix there? So not a huge... A decision on that game for us, it, it was good uh, that the Texans were uh, that close and kept it that close with the Cowboys. Um, so obviously the Cowboys didn't cover. Uh, if you were, um, I guess, um, whatever whatever adjective you want to use, if you use the Cowboys in a teaser, um, mm. that uh, obviously also didn't come through. But the, the bridge jumpers at least got paid that took the uh, Cowboys money line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm begging you I'm begging new betters if you ever tease a 17 and a half please tease it up don't tease yeah, it down do I'm begging you do not I'm, I'm, I'm begging I'm, I'm pleading don't with you. do that Thomas back to the spreadsheets thank you we appreciate you buddy appreciate it alright thank you guys okay remember Thomas Gables his basketball picks are the hottest thing in the streets right now so vsun.com slash subscribe a homecoming of sorts the triumphant return of step into my office, and I'm excited. Uh-oh. That's next. Uh oh.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, football fans, you can turn a loss into a win with the King of Sportsbooks. Bet MGM tonight. Just place a single first touchdown score prop on any Monday or Thursday night pro football game. If your bet loses, you're going to receive up to $25 back in free bets. It's a great offer. I mean, really, essentially free money from Bet MGM. First touchdown score prop, your money back if you don't hit it. Go check it out. BetMGM.com, 1 800 Gambler. If you have an issue, 21 years or older, promotional offer not available, Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. So, I mentioned a homecoming. This is, I'm excited for this. Step into my office. Michael Lombardi, of course, former front office exec, Super Bowl winner in the front office there. What we like to do is each week we like to bring some subjects into his therapy room or his office, and he lets them know what they need to do moving forward. The cool part about this is Michael has no clue, so it's all off the top of mind. He has no clue who's coming. Elliot and I come up with the names. So let's get it started. As you see, step into my office, Michael Lombardi. First one up, Mike Vrabel. Seven and six, the Titans hold a two-game lead in the AFC South. They fired. He won the power struggle with John Robinson. How do the Titans move forward after three straight losses, two very lethargic losses? Well, I think the number one thing we got to figure out, Mike, why are we losing? And it really centers on the fact that teams have changed their strategy on us. They're no longer trying to run the ball. Nobody wants to run the ball on us. We've only allowed uh, two teams to run for over 100 yards, and the Giants ran for 200 in the opening day. But no one wants to run the ball. So we're going to have to figure out a way to play more nickel. We're going to have to loosen up our front to encourage teams to stay away and give our corners some help. I mean, we've got to change our strategy because teams are no longer going to play us the same way. They see it as an opportunity to throw the ball, and because of our inability to really cover in the back end, we've got to change. And we can't turn the ball over. We know this. You know, we've had two games where we've had four turnovers, Buffalo, and then against Jacksonville, we lost both of them. So really it comes back to us, Mike. It's really about us doing what we have to do because the one thing you know better than I know is that unless we play our game, we can't win. We're not good enough talent-wise. We're not good enough skill-wise. We're not good enough at quarterback to play outside our comfort zone. So we've got to get back to our comfort zone. And in that strategy, we have to be adaptable. And I think we've got to encourage teams to try to run the ball on us because we're getting killed in the passing game. The last two weeks, we've allowed allowed over 350 yards passing. That's the surest way for us to lose. Okay, Mr. Coach Rabel, I'll see you out. Thanks for coming. Dan Campbell up next, maybe the two biggest head coaches in professional football. He steps into Michael Lombardi's office. The Lions have won five of six. Detroit is a game and a half out of the playoffs. How does Campbell handle legit expectations for the first time as a head coach? Well, I think Coach Campbell, the hardest thing to do and understand is after every win, the next game becomes the biggest game. Every game, the level of play must raise. And you've got to be able to handle that. And we've got to be able to handle the, the, what we call the rat poison, or Nick Saban calls the rat poison, because the media is going to be all over. We're actually going to have TV crews probably here during the week. We might even get the great Aaron Andrews to come and visit us, you know? But we've got to really dis- we got to focus on us. And we've got to focus on what has made us successful, which is hard work, not turning the ball over, being explosive on offense, and improving each week subtly within our defense. And now is the time that I think, Dan, you really got to become the guy that really drives them because you got to rely on your experience, having been in the playoffs, having played for great coaches like Bill Parcells, to remind the players not to eat the rat poison, to not fall into the trap because it's coming. The trap's out there. 
and you're going to fall prey to it because you're going to go into New York this week and say, okay, all we have to do is show up. So you have to raise your level, and when you raise your level, everybody else will raise theirs. Expectations for the first time in a long time in Detroit. Thank you, Coach Campbell, for coming. What's that? You want a Red Bull? Yeah, I'll get you a Red Bull. <laughs> One second. got to bring in Todd Bowles first into the office here. Here comes Todd Bowles. Uh, inherited a team that won the Super Bowl two years ago. Six and seven bucks, Michael. Hold on to a one-game lead right now in that South. Uh, how can Bowles rally an underperforming team for a playoff run? Well, I think what Todd has to – Todd, what we have to do is we got to find the players that want to be here. we got to find the players that are willing to do what we ask them to do. And we've got to stress to the coaches that we just can't keep doing what we've done in the past. And if we don't plug the leaks here, it's going to continue to leak. We've got to be able to make teams one-dimensional. We did it last year. If we don't stop the run, our defense is going to improve. And then offensively, we've got to try to find a way to run the ball. And you're going to have to go tell Leftwich that for all the pass plays he wants to draw, to spend more time with the line coach figuring out how we're going to run this football. Because we can't play defense doubleheaders because we can't really play good enough as we are. And if we're going to ask our 47, 45-year-old quarterback to throw it 50 times every week, that's not, that's, not fixable. that's not something that's sustainable. So really it starts with us. It starts with the coaches. It starts with our game planning. We must alter what we're doing. Forget about last week. San Francisco was way better than us. They kicked our butt. This week's a new week. we got Cincinnati coming in. They won't have Tyler Board at receiver. You know, let's make sure we don't allow them to run the football. Let's put pressure on on them, but let's figure out a way to run the ball and kind of get some of the pressure off Brady. If we don't do that, you know, we're going to be watching this thing and we won't have Brady again. We may never see Brady again, so let's take advantage of it. Okay. Coach Bowles, thanks for coming. Hopefully we don't see you for the rest of the year. Let me take a look out here in the room. Oh, Coach Dayball is next. Brian Dayball stepping into Michael Lombardi's office. What would you say to Coach? The Giants started the I season 7-2, and two, but they haven't won, as you heard from Thomas Gable, since Halloween. I think, Brian, what we have to do is be realistic. Like, let's stop talking about playoffs. Let's start talking about coach of the year. Let's start talking about how we've turned things around. Let's focus on why we're what we have to do moving forward because we're not good enough. And I think you've done a marvelous job coaching this team. And seven wins has far exceeded our expectations, but our talent level isn't there. So let's make sure we focus on just improvement. Forget the scoreboard. Let's take the scoreboard out of it. Let's just try to get the team better. Because let's, let's, let's you and I understand that the 53 guys on this team right now, when we kick the ball off next year in 2023, I would probably think 15 of them are going to be here. The others aren't. The others aren't. And so we're going to have to raise our level. We're going to have to get rid of some players, move on. But the key issue is to continue to develop the culture and stop looking at the scoreboard. The scoreboard does us no good. We're not any good. And when we accept that we lack talent, when we accept that we're not good enough, we'll focus on our own player development and trying to get better. Let's focus on 2023 as we work inside this building. And you got to get the coaches to focus on that. Let's do the things that we have to do to win that. Let's not worry about winning the game. Let's worry about winning those things. And it starts right now because whatever momentum we can build here in December – it's going to carry us into the offseason. Because remember, you're coaching a lot of guys that aren't going to be on the team next year. Thank you, Coach Dayball, for stepping into Michael Lombardi's office. It's interesting. I brought the coaches in. One was happy, Dan Campbell, and three were rather somber. Uh, Vrabel, 
Bowles, and Dayball. I want to follow up with Dayball. Seven and seven, five and one. You mentioned exceeded expectations, but you said something fascinating there. Maybe fifteen of these players return next year. They have the most interesting decisions to make in the offseason, and it starts at quarterback. No doubt. And if we don't focus on that, and that's where all the attention has to go to, is who is going to be on this team next year? The best thing that's ever happened to us is we're not winning because we're no longer drinking that martini. We're no longer drinking that. We're no longer, oh, God, look, we're up for coach of the year. Look, we're winning. We stink. We're not any good. We stole some wins because of our ability to strategize. Let's figure out who's going to be on this team. Let's sit down in this room and say, what do we need to be a competitive team next season? And let's start working on that. Let's build for 2023. Let's stop talking about playoffs. We're not any good. We're not good enough to go to the playoffs. If we get in, it's only because they allowed seven in. We're not any good. We're getting worse as it goes on because we're losing all our players. We've got to focus on just improving within. And by the way, they could have lost that Houston game at home. You remember they should that have Texans lost the Houston game, game at home. It's not like they, it's not like they were right? dominated they, against a bad team, right? No doubt. They should have lost that. I mean, look, they, 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 Houston didn't punt in the second half in that game. That's my point. At some point, you've got to have the, okay, here's where we really are. Forget the scoreboard. Stop looking at it. This is what we're doing. We're not good enough. You know, it's like the Nick Saban conversation when I used to get on the bus after we lose to Cincinnati, and he looked at me and said, dog, what's your problem? I said, I hate losing this team. He said, well, once you figure out that they're better than we are, we'll stop losing to them. (laughs) Hey, by the way, yes, no, over at DraftKings for a prop on the Giants to make the postseason or not. Yes is 110, no is 110. So they're essentially yeah. saying, yeah, it's in. I, I mean, their I get season, it. Like, like they're going to start, and this is, and, and it really starts this week. Like they're going to focus on, we have to get our season back, we'll beat the Washington. No, we don't have a season. We got we to gotta find out how we can get two drives together before we worry about a season. Let's just get a couple first downs. By the way, Washington's coming in in a great spot. They're going to be rested. You just played Philly. Now you travel down to Washington. Uh, Washington coming off a bye with some juice there in the organization. Washington playing four and a half, five, hosting division rival Giants. Step into my office, the triumphant return. That was a lot of fun. When we come back, we'll start capping Monday night in the desert and get to the Lions as well. The Lombardi line. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.